0: Philips is focused on innovation to improve the health and well-being of people. Our devices and device-agnostic informatics solutions can scale across your enterprise to help care teams diagnose, treat, and manage patients with accuracy, speed, and confidence. By connecting the digital patient story, physicians and clinicians have intelligence for decision-making in the moment and insight to see beyond. It's our privilege to partner with you to care for the carers and to improve the lives of the people and patients they serve. Philips, innovation and you. This is Kate Cruz recording at the 8th Annual Becker's HIT Digital Health and RCM Conference in Chicago. I'm here with John Prunskis. John, thank you for joining me today. Can you, to get us started, can you share a little bit about yourself, your role and organization?
1: Sure. I'm a physician. My specialty is interventional pain management. I'm principal and medical director of DXTX Pain and Spine, which has 70 or over 70 uh, pain clinics in eight states. Uh, Also, I was a White House presidential appointee and co-authored the national guidelines of how uh, pain should be diagnosed and treated in the United States. And... uh, Am recognized as being one of the first physicians uh, who recognized that the opioid crisis was emerging, and this goes back 30 years. Right now, uh, my passions and interests lie in uh, the application of artificial intelligence in optimizing both the physician and patient uh, outcome and experience from the initial contact the patient has with the medical office to them receiving the appropriate care for their medical condition.
0: Thank you so much for that introduction. I am excited to learn more. John, when you think of digital innovation in healthcare right now, what is exciting you the most?
1: Artificial intelligence in healthcare. And uh, in many cases, uh, artificial intelligence in healthcare can be viewed almost like the story of the blind man asking to describe the elephant. Uh, There are, So many aspects in the interaction that uh, patients and physicians have that need optimization ranging from the initial phone call uh, that that can be a problem of of calls being dropped, uh, patients being put on hold, the staff not knowing where to send the patient all the way, every single step along the way to the point where the patient receives the optimal care for their medical condition.
0: What are your top priorities for health AI? What are like the big issues that you're trying to solve with that?
1: So there's multiple uh, issues with healthcare and AI in no particular order. uh, Number one, you have to make sure that there's no bias in AI. And what that means is that uh, AI is not a very good filter, or some might say a poor filter. Uh, in in ascertaining what is true data and what is false data. So there has to be at least two levels with utilization of AI in healthcare. One is what's fed into the model and what the model itself uh, interprets. But the second one is the human element of checking what the AI is saying and, and, and updating it. And uh, as I mentioned earlier in my comments, uh, I was a contrarian for over two decades where I – indicated to my colleagues, and the majority thought it was wrong, that the data coming out to support, in quotation support, that if you write opioid narcotics for a patient who has a painful condition, they won't get addicted, made no sense to me. Yet, we had a lot of articles published in so-called peer-reviewed journals that supported this idea. So, we have to be careful, even in, uh choosing the data that goes into the algorithms or AI that just because something is a peer-reviewed journal you have to dig even a layer deeper who sponsored that research you know where there's any payments made Etc so th- there has to this has to be done in a matter that's ethical and also understand that that uh, the AI itself can make errors and then present to the doctor or the uh, advanced care nurse or physician assistant uh the correct, uh, no, correction: Maybe not the correct, but options of the leading and most accurate beneficial treatments that a patient can receive.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's really interesting. Um, what is a piece of advice that you would give healthcare leaders today regarding digital innovation?
1: I think again, my my interests are are in the uh, artificial intelligence space, and the the one thing I would say is that the electronic health record is a disaster. Uh, the uh, my first invitation to the White House was uh, to discuss two topics. One was the opioid crisis and one was to discuss uh, the uh, disaster of the electronic health record. The electronic health record, as some people may not know, was the last item to be entered into Obamacare because of extensive lobbying by the electronic health record companies. It was not ready at all for prime time and physicians and doctors have suffered many years with the electronic health record. I view AI as a way now to help correct and assist the doctors um, instead of being burdened by the electronic health record. And so what I would suggest is that um, practices take a very close look at uh, utilization of AI and, and partnering with organizations that can help them reduce the burden uh, placed on physicians and the frustration and the burnout placed on physicians by now finally you, having AI assist them in uh, correcting the deficiencies of the electronic health record and actually augment the care for the patient so the doctors can now spend more face-to-face time with the patient rather than face-to-face time with their laptop.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I want to go back to a comment you made a little bit earlier earlier about kind of the biases potential biases of AI and like the need for kind of fact checking to summarize. Do you see who do you see doing the fact checking? Do you see that as a, you know, human, a clinician, someone with all that experience, or do you see AI checking AI?
1: So um you have to feed the model data and and but you have to train the AI system in two two layers. So the first layer of training is tweak how the AI understands the context of the information that it's been given. The second layer, which is called reinforcement learning through human feedback or RLHF, allows humans to work with the model and provide real feedback as to whether the model's understanding it accurate or not. So medicine, as you know, is an art and a science. So the utilization of, as I said, this two-step process will approximate greater uh, to the uh, desired outcome of providing the uh, patient with uh, the optimal care. I completely agree with the World Health Organization's sentiment that AI bias and misinformation and privacy breaches are incredibly dangerous. So with AI, we have to interpret carefully and know that it's never going to replace or substitute an independent, well-trained, Physicians' professional judgment, and we can never forget that. And I think uh, if those people who uh, understand that, both on the physician side, the patient side, and the, and the organization side, that side will um, will again lead to a better outcome uh, in the patient's care and increased satisfaction for the physicians uh, and supporting staff, nurses, medical assistants that right now are are forced with doing very frustrating. Um, clerical work.
0: Thanks for tolerating my bonus question and uh, really breaking that down. I appreciate it. Could you provide some specific examples of instances where the integration of informatics led to improved patient outcomes, enhanced patient provider communication, physician well-being, or I'd also be really interested to know um, if you have any examples on how it has directly impacted your work on the opioid epidemic.
1: Sure. So, so, Positive examples, so positive examples, let's talk about um, c- closer to the end of, of when the patient's already in the in front of the doctor, the history's been taken, the physical exam is taken, the laboratory data's been entered, the diagnostic imaging is all entered in, and then you get the the, what is the recommended treatment for the patient? So doctors will always list the plan, and that's part of their note. Now, with the addition of AI, uh, the AI can also add other uh, recommendations for what the next plan should be. You have to remember that doctors have all had variable training in residencies and fellowships and in their continued medical education. They're, they're board certified. This is a very high level. However, there still are differences. And so it, it, it is beneficial, and, and we see this now, especially in the pain space, in w- when a physician um, is presented with certain treatment recommendations that perhaps they didn't think of. So it's up to that physician who is well trained and board certified, et cetera, to make that recommendation. But if they disagree, for example, with the AI, the next time that they are faced with that, if they're, they're, first line recommendation doesn't work, they'll say, well, maybe actually it does make sense. And it's not going to be the first time that they see a potential recommendation because they all studied for it for their board exams and they got exposed to it somewhere in their training, but maybe it wasn't emphasized in in their training. So that's on the end. On the front end, uh, how many uh, people, healthcare, anything, love to be stuck on hold or get their call dropped? or not being sent to the right person. So there there are companies out there that are now focusing on that initial call experience so that through AI, they can be sent and routed to the proper person quickly. Um, And so those those common problems that we see, not only when a person calls, but let's restrict it to healthcare. When a patient calls the doctor's office and is on hold, gets the call dropped, the call doesn't get answered, they get routed to the wrong person, those things disappear.
0: So I have another bonus surprise question for you. Um, so you mentioned, you know, you talk about doctor's experience and how that, you know, does or but doesn't compete with AI. So we have, you know, in the physician workforce right now, you have, you know, your doctor's worth 30 plus years of incredible experience. And then you have your new doctors fresh out of med school who have grown up with this technology, are so familiar with it. How have you seen that playing field leveled?
1: Well, I'm not sure that any doctor has grown up with artificial intelligence and in healthcare. Yep. That's coming out at us uh, very quickly and and very recently. So, so, yes, younger physicians in general are familiar uh, or, or more comfortable with most, you know, we're talking generalities here, mm-hmm. with technological advances. However, I view AI as something that will now the best way to describe it, I don't want to use the word level the playing field, but allow both the younger doctors and the old doctors to now focus more time on the patient. So it doesn't matter how tech savvy you are or how fast you can go through a flawed electronic health record to to finish your visit, but using the AI so that you can spend meaningful time looking at the patient, talking to the patient, and all the issues that have been problematic since the electronic health record has been introduced, take a back seat.
0: Yeah, thank you. So now looking into the future, um, a few years from now, what do you think will be some of the most significant changes in healthcare delivery and operations?
1: I believe it's going to be optimization of the physician and patient, nurse, medical assistant, everyone across the board, optimization of healthcare delivery. The one thing we have to be mindful of is insurance companies now are ahead of the game with regards to AI and denying care. So what we have to be cognizant of is that it doesn't become one AI uh, program from the insurance company arguing with another AI from the physician's office, kind of like the Terminator movies where you have you know bots fighting with each other. And I, I, I kind of playfully state that if it gets to that point, I'm gonna program into my AI system, I'll be back to the AI of the uh, insurance company because uh, we just we just can't stand uh, any for for letting this technology not help the patient, the doctor, and all the other stakeholders, nurses, physician assistants, everyone else who was trying to get the patient better.
0: Yeah, absolutely. How can leaders prepare for that?
1: I can't speak for other people, but right now, in my little world of, of pain management, and now to a certain extent in healthcare AI, I am uh, absolutely uh, spending the next chapter in my professional career, aligning myself, working and advising, uh, being and perhaps on board of directors positions of healthcare AI companies, uh, because I I just feel there's so much opportunity here, and again, having already been recognized and being a former White House presidential appointee, because I was a contrarian for so many years on the opioid crisis, I look at look at data look at peer reviewed data when it comes into a journal perhaps a little bit differently a little bit more skeptical but at the same time recognizing that this could be a beautiful thing for for everyone
0: absolutely john i have loved our time spent together today before i let you go is there anything else that our listeners should know
1: i am uh, open if anyone has an idea uh, with their company and thinks they might be interested in hearing my advice to listen to them and help them in any way i can given my skill set.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure speaking with you today.
1: Thank you. Mine as well.
0: It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched My BHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com
1: and we'll see you there